Welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 68. I am your host, Noah Ruschetta, and today I'm talking about questions about Buddhism. When I started this podcast a few years ago, um, I started to receive several uh, emails with questions that people had to expand on a specific topic or to clarify a certain teaching. And I've been answering these questions for quite some time, usually by email. Then with the podcast being out, I was eventually approached by a publisher and I was offered the opportunity to write a book about Buddhism that just recently came out. It's available for pre-order now on Amazon. And the book is called No-Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners, Clear Answers to Burning Questions About Core Buddhist Teachings. And I'm really excited to have this book out because it's formatted in a question and answer format and broken into four specific uh, parts. Part one is questions about the Buddha. Part two is questions around core concepts. Part three has questions and answers around core teachings. And part four has questions around core Buddhist practices. And this book is intended for anyone who's new to Buddhism, um, but also to help practitioners who have, um, who are looking for a resource uh, to be able to answer questions from friends or loved ones. You may have noticed uh, as you start to apply these concepts in your life, um, it's common for people to say, oh, you know, you're you're interested in Buddhism? Well, what does Buddhism say about this or about that? Uh, if you're like me, you've probably noticed that that is a common thing from friends and family. So this book uh, serves as a, a good platform to be able to address some of these questions, to answer them in a way that uh, people who are not familiar with Buddhism or any any concepts around Buddhism uh, would be able to understand, or understand um, the answers to some of those questions. So I thought it would be cool to do a podcast episode to just quickly share with you um, some of the questions and answers from the book, just to give you an idea uh, about what, uh, how this book works and what some of the questions are that are addressed, and, um, and then, of course, some of the answers. So I thought I would go through and share at least one question from each part. So in part one, I address 16 different questions um, around the topic of, of the Buddha. Who was he? What language did he speak? Did he have a family? Um, what happened to him? How did he die? You know, all these questions that center around the historical figure of the Buddha. So I'll give you one example. One question is, who was the Buddha? Was he a real person or is he a myth? This is how I answered it in the book. I said, Buddha is a title that was given to a man named Siddhartha Gautama. Siddhartha lived around 500 BCE uh, in northern India in what is now Nepal. And generally, when people refer to the Buddha, they're referring to Siddhartha, the man whose teachings became the foundation of what we now call Buddhism. There is little scholarly debate around Siddhartha's existence. Uh, however, there is some debate around specific events in his life. As is common with many ancient, ancient traditions, the historical Buddhist teachings have evolved into teachings about the teachings. 
And this opens up more room for individual teachers' interpretations, uh, but it brings into question the historical accuracy of modern-day retellings. However, we can still tell a lot about the Buddha by his teachings that have been passed down. We know uh, that they center on two main themes, the problem of human suffering and the methods that can bring about the cessation of suffering. Uh, and the Buddha taught uh, a method of living intended to be practiced rather than a set of ideas he asked his followers to believe. His teachings, known collectively as the Dharma, invite us to look inward and study our own minds in order to gain a clearer understanding of ourselves and the nature of reality. So that's how I answered that one specific question. Who was the Buddha? Was he a real person or is he a, a myth? Uh, and then there are 15 other questions in that section that um, all center around the, the topic of, of the Buddha. In part two, where I start to address core concepts, um, this is the majority of what I've talked about as far as topics on the podcast, I think would fall within this realm, core Buddhist concepts. Um, I spend a lot of time discussing concepts. Um, I haven't spent hardly any time on the podcast talking about um, the historical figure as you know, known as the Buddha. So I think all 16 of those questions in part one are probably going to be new to most podcast listeners unless you've been digging into studying Buddhism on your own from other sources. But part two that has the core concepts, you may recognize some of these. And here I address 19 questions and answers um, around core concepts. And I want to share two of them with you um, because uh, I, these may be kind of new. I don't think I've done podcast episodes on this. And several of the ones that I bring up in this book may be new uh, for you. So the first question, or one of the questions, I should say, what does Buddhism teach about good and evil? And the way I answered that question was from the Buddhist perspective, good and evil are not inherent forces out in the universe. Instead, they're internal states of mind. Buddhism teaches us to look inward. There we can find the source of all the good things we say, think, and do, and likewise discover that we ourselves, our own minds, are the source of any evil. This understanding gives us a greater sense of responsibility over our own thoughts, words, and actions. Rather than thinking of evil as an external agent acting upon us, Buddhism teaches that greed, hatred, and ignorance are the sources of what we typically think of as evil. In Buddhism, these three qualities are called the three poisons, or the three fires. And the challenge the three poisons pose in our lives is that they drive us to look outside of ourselves to try to achieve happiness or to avoid suffering. Because external things like money, fame, or power can't bring us lasting joy or contentment, we're setting ourselves up to experience unnecessary suffering by chasing after them. Material things can be nice to have for a time, but the happiness and fulfillment we seek is not found in external sources. So that was the answer I gave to the question, what does Buddhism teach about good and evil? And that's one, one concept I, I address in the book. Another one, a big question that people want to know is, do Buddhists believe in reincarnation? So this is how I answered that question. Buddhists believe in rebirth which is not quite the same thing as what you probably have in mind when you think about reincarnation. The traditional concept uh, of reincarnation is that you, some kind of soul or spirit, 
uh, go on to inhabit a new physical form, whether it be a person, animal, or plant. Uh, though some Buddhist schools think of rebirth as something closer to this idea of reincarnation, it doesn't fit with other Buddhists' uh, understanding of impermanence and non-self. We're, uh, we're changing form every day, experiencing rebirth, even from one moment to the next. Uh, the you that's listening to this is literally not the same you who will be listening at the end of the podcast as the you that was listening at the beginning. If there is no permanent you, which part of you could transcend death to become reincarnated? Uh, when we observe nature, we see constant rebirth. After all, the law of conservation of energy in physics states that energy can't be created or destroyed. It can just be transformed from one form into another. A cloud changes form and becomes rain. The rain becomes part of a river flows into the ocean and then gets heated up and evaporates into the air where it may become a cloud and start the process all over again. Uh, what was for a time a cloud is transformed into something new and we don't say the cloud dies when it changes form into raindrops. Are we really any different from the cloud? When we die our bodies change form as they decompose and become part of nature but they never cease to exist. And Buddhists believe that humans, like everything else in nature, are part of a continual cycle of change. So that's how I answer that question about reincarnation. You can imagine uh, 19 uh, or 17 other questions beyond the two that I just shared with you. Uh, I really go deep into a lot of these uh, core Buddhist concepts. In part three of the book, I talk about core teachings. I have 17 questions and answers that I address in this section, and I'll just share one of them. Uh, the question I received was, it seems like I, in quotations, I am the source of a lot of important things, awareness, suffering, good and evil. Uh, what else can Buddhism teach me about the nature of myself? What makes me me? And this is how I answer that question. According to Buddhist teachings, our self, in quotations, self, is a perspective. It is a product of our perception. Our sense of self is an event that occurs rather than a thing that exists. Imagine pausing a movie to see a single still image. Every film is made up of those individual frames. Uh, but when we watch movies, we perceive them as one continuous moving image telling a connected story. Ourselves are like the film strip, a collection of unique still frames that are generated in each moment-to-moment -moment experience of being alive. If you could pause time and see the individual frame in this specific moment, you would see that it's slightly different from the ones just before and after it. In other words, the you of right now is not the same you of the previous moment. The Buddha taught that we are made up of five components that come together to create the perception of a distinct individual I or me. And these five components are called the five skandhas, a Sanskrit word meaning aggregates or heaps. The five aggregates uh, are form, sensation, perception, mental formations or thoughts, and consciousness. On this subject, uh, the Buddha furthermore taught that we sense reality and our world through six sense organs. The eyes sense visible form, the ears sense sound, the nose senses odor, the tongue 
senses taste, the body senses tangible things, and the mind senses thoughts or ideas. You'll notice that the first five senses are the ones we're all taught in school, but Buddhism also considers the mind to be a sense organ, since our minds sense thoughts and ideas. So that's how I answered that question. Uh, but then I go on to answer, because the follow-up questions ask about the specific five uh, aggregates. So I have five different questions centered around each of the five aggregates. Um, I won't share that here, but uh, in the book you would certainly get a lot more information on the five aggregates than what I just shared. And then in part four, the final part of the book, I talk about core practices. Again, practices um, are not really addressed in the podcast. The podcast almost exclusively addresses uh, Buddhist concepts, core concepts. Um, so part one, part three, teachings, you, you get a mix of that in the podcast, and part four, practices, those are, those are going to be all unique topics that I've never really gone into um, on the podcast. So one of the questions that I address in part four is the question, everybody talks about meditating, and the Buddha found enlightenment through meditation, so it seems like an important practice, but how do you do it? Is there a correct Buddhist way? And I, I guess I'm going to go back for a second because this is a topic that's addressed in the podcast, but here's how I answer, answered that question. There are countless meditation techniques and methods taught among the various schools of Buddhism. And some schools of Buddhism don't practice meditation at all. Uh, one of the most common techniques is mindfulness meditation. The goal of this technique is to learn to become an observer of the world and our own experiences. We spend so much of our time in thinking mode, ascribing meaning to our thoughts and emotions. We chase after thoughts with other thoughts or try to control our thoughts, which only aggravates the overall problem of being habitually reactive. Mindfulness meditation helps us break out of this cycle of reactivity. The technique can be as simple as observing your breath. Notice what it feels like to breathe. Can you feel the slight temperature fluctuations at the tip of your nose between the in-breath and the out-breath? Do you notice the subtle rise and fall in your chest, shoulders, or abdomen with each breath? When we observe, we pause our reactive thinking and stop making uh, meaning. For example, when we're sitting outside watching the clouds float by, we don't have the tendency to ascribe value to the shapes that we see. We don't think, oh, this is a good cloud or that's a bad cloud. This cloud isn't puffy enough or that cloud is too tall. In these moments of observation, we just see the cloud for what it is. Uh, when we turn this process inward, we can start to experience the same unbiased, non-judgmental attitude toward our own thoughts and feelings. Suddenly we're not judging our anger as good or bad. We just notice that we're experiencing an emotion and allow it to remain without resisting it or trying to fight it off. Before we know it, the emotion will dissipate or be replaced by another, just like the clouds in the sky. So that's how I answered the question about uh, meditation. Now under core practices, I'll talk about uh, several uh, Buddhist practices from chanting to, um, you know, to meditation, uh, 12 different questions and answers in that section. So the book overall has 64 total questions. And again, these are questions that I've collected in the, in the years of uh, having the podcast and teaching workshops. 
So I'm really excited to present this book um, somewhat as a, an introduction to Buddhism. It's like the title suggests, Buddhism for Beginners. Um, but really it's for anyone who's interested in understanding what uh, the core um, Buddhist concepts and teachings are and practices. And then, of course, who was the Buddha and all the questions centered around the historical figure um, that we know as, as the Buddha. So it's a book that I think would be really helpful for any practitioner who's wanting to have a deeper understanding of, of these concepts. And that's where I was at the beginning of all of this, my, my journey with Buddhism. What I found was Buddhist practices were really helpful, specifically meditation. It was really working for me. It was helping me to find peace in my life. And I wanted to understand where, do, where does this come from? You know, who came up with this? Why, why does this work? Um, so that journey of trying to understand meditation as a practice led me to understand and, and to study and understand with greater uh, depth Buddhism um, in general. So that's my attempt with this book is to kind of take in a question and answer format all of that information and make this easy and accessible for you as the, the reader or for anyone who may approach you with questions about uh, Buddhism. So that's the goal there. Uh, one of the things I do plan on eventually doing with this book is um, having, you know, I, I've traveled around and done these uh, um, workshops, one day workshops where it's an, an introduction to mindfulness or an introduction to Buddhism. And there are limitations with doing that because if I'm going to travel someone somewhere, there are expenses associated with that. I have to get there. Um, so I have to, to charge to do these workshops. Well, I'm really excited to announce that my next project, now that this book is over, is to launch an online workshop that will be available for free for anyone who's interested in learning about this stuff. Um, this book will serve as um, kind of a, a book to accompany that workshop. Um, so that's something that's on the horizon. I'll announce more about that um, as it gets closer, as I have dates lined up for that. But for now, the main thing I wanted to do was just introduce you to this book, um, give you an example of some of the questions and answers that are addressed in the book, and let you know that there are 64 total questions there that if you're interested in, in hearing, uh, you can learn about them. You can visit secularbuddhism.com where you'll see the, the link there for the book, or you can visit everydaybuddhism.com. Um, that is a URL that links directly to the book. Uh, makes it easy to remember. So secularbuddhism.com, you'll find it. Everydaybuddhism.com, you will also find it. And um, that's all I wanted to share for today. So if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with others, write a review, give it a rating in iTunes. Uh, if you would like to join our online community, you can visit secularbuddhism.com forward slash community. And that's all I have for now. Uh, I look forward to recording another podcast episode very soon. Thank you, and until next time.